very loud today. Uh, looking back over the year behind us and then kind of thinking about moving forward into the year ahead. And uh, we've done that uh, for the past few years. Melody is going to uh, participate in this also today. Uh, but first, I'm going to give us some thoughts that I hope are helpful to think about these two aspects of life, looking back and moving forwards. And, um, you know, we continue to navigate some pretty challenging times, you know. Uh, I went to Scotland again just recently to visit my dad, my sister, who were having some issues, some challenges. And even once again, I'm over there and I'm watching the news to see what's going to happen with flights, you know. I managed to stay the full 14 days, which was good this time. Uh, but we continue to be in these times which are uh, ever-changing and full of challenges. And it's almost like if you take every person in this room and we could just say, okay, what, what is it you do for a living currently or you're a student? And list all of the upheaval and all of the new ways you've had to figure out how to do life in every aspect of life. It's kind of overwhelming when you think about it. And also the fact that the entire world is navigating this stuff. It's really quite incredible that we're still here. Uh, and as we take a look at uh, the year behind us and, and looking forward, uh, I thought it might be useful to consider this concept that we looked at kind of right at the beginning in 2020, which was when we were trying to figure out how to walk faithfully with God, with one another, uh, and with our community through the challenges that we were, that were thrust upon us. And, but not just uh, for pandemic, you know, time, but really something that can be useful for us in our lives as we navigate what is often a difficult life. The world is, is a difficult place often. Um, and also, you know, I was over there in March 2020, and, you know, I really saw this a sudden change of everything when I flew back. I only got five days there in March 2020 and had to come back. Emergency flight almost got cancelled. And so as I was coming back, I was thinking, uh, what is it that we need to think about as a community, right? Because we have this incredible resource of God's Word. But not only God's Word, but God's Spirit, His presence with us. And so really nothing is impossible, um, but it does require us to get really intentional, to think about what it might mean to be Christian, to be followers of Jesus in the, in the particular times in which we find ourselves. And the Word of God is the best place to go. Because what we want to experience is transformation. It says over there on that thing, to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. And that's a very intentional desire that we have. And we believe in transformation. This is a transformative faith that I will not be tomorrow or next week or next month or next year who I am today. But often the journey to get there is, is counterintuitive and it's, it takes weird turns, and, but it involves every part of our lives, the good and the bad and the ugly. It's amazing. God is master worker, takes every single part to, to bring this transformation to our lives. And often at the, in the moment when it's most difficult, we can't see it. So we didn't want to waste the opportunities for growth. It's almost like we can see troubling times as simply you know, something to be gotten through as quickly as possible. But I think we're called to see it as a chance to be changed. And that's what we wanted to do. So on my flight home amidst the chaos, I turned to the bit of the Bible where I always go when, when being human feels really keenly painful or, or difficult, and it's the Psalms. 
because these are very human documents. That's, there's reasons why we often, you know, by someone's bedside in a hospital, we'll read them a psalm, or, you know, at times of sorrow, we'll read psalms because they are uh, both, they're very human, and they, they cover every emotion of human beings that we could imagine. And so, it reminded me of a concept that I learned when I was in school, and uh, this is what we ended up talking about, and it's about orientation. Does anyone remember this? Orientation, disorientation, and new orientation or reorientation. Um, we began a sermon series back then we called All Right Here. It was kind of a play on words to say that we're all right here. <laughs> you know, God is present. We're all right here. Um, also, that everything that we need to be God's people is right here. And um, so we, we, we did this sermon series, and it was based on a little book, which I have here, called The Spirituality of the Psalms by Walter Brueggemann. It's a very short book, and it's full of highlights and notes and things, because I've been through this a few things, two times. But he brings this kind of amazing thing. When I first heard about this, it was just a revelation to me. I was like, that's so helpful in how to think about my life, and especially how to think of my life uh, with the knowledge that there's a God in the world who is intimately involved and purposeful and is always speaking and into our lives. And so this disorientation, disorientation, and reorientation, or new orientation. Uh, and let me explain briefly this. For those of you who are, this is a, a revision. This is like, uh, what's it called? When you get uh, another chance? Huh? It's a recap, right. But, you know, I sometimes can't remember what I preached about the week before, never mind, you know, two years before. But so orientation is seasons in life when all is apparently well. The birds are singing. You just feel like things are working. This is good. And it's expressed in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. That's orientation. Disorientation is seasons in life when it's like the wheels fall off. Suddenly, out of nowhere, as Jesus quoted from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? From Psalm 51. And then reorientation is moments in life when God seems to have responded to the writer's pleas for help. He is this, the writer has voiced this disorientation to God with passion, and then something has changed. Something surprising. The, the writer has, is exclaiming this, like, I would never have imagined that this would be where I am at this point in time. But it came because of the painful time and the interaction with God. So, Psalm 30, Lord my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. You healed me. So, the writer of this little book suggested that in life, we have these movements in life. And they are a couple of movements. The first one is from out of a settled orientation into a season of disorientation. And that sure sounds a lot like my life, you know? Do you know that feeling where it's just like things are... Like you wake up in the morning and there's no kind of panic of like, oh, that thing. You're just kind of like, oh, it's a good day, yeah. Kids are good, you know, job's going well. It's, you know, I've got a day off, whatever. Um... And things are fine. And then suddenly, some form of crisis appears on the horizon. Something, an unexpected bad news, or some harsh words in a broken relationship, or a global pandemic, whatever it might be. And this is like life. 
these moments of disorientation, large or small, and they can be a daily occurrence. They don't have to be on a grand scale all the time, but it's this thing where we have this place of settled peace or orientation, and then we are knocked off of it by some, just some world thing that happens because we're human beings living around a bunch of other human beings. Um, and back in 2020, I couldn't have imagined how long this disorienting time would continue. We've had so much practice at this. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? Is it good? What a blessing. We're still here navigating this. Oh, praise you, Lord. No, it's not fun, right? Second thing is from a context of disorientation, okay? You're in this place of like, you know, what's happened to a new reorientation. And I think we can all identify with the first thing, okay? That's really clear, like things were good, but then, oh, bad news, whatever happened. But perhaps not so easily in the second one, especially the way that it comes out of the Psalms and how it is expressed. So let's think, first of all, more deeply into what each of these look like and really take it from these writers. Because what I love is that we're separated from these writers of the Psalms by so many generations and so much time. But the essential humanity of them hasn't really changed. I think that's why we find it so you know, so much commonality with these uh, poor, these songs in the Psalms. And so orientation, the first one, is based uh, on the fact that creation is in many ways dependable. You know, there's rhythms and seasons, and, and there's a lot of dependability that the sun rises in the morning and it sets in the evening, bar some miracle of God that turns it backwards. But it's just quite, there's predictability and it comes from the fact that God is a, a faithful and steady a creator. In Psalm 8, it says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. And then in Psalm 33, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host made by the breath of his mouth. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. So it's, there's a predictability just in the fact of this creation. But it's also dependent on God's apparent faithfulness and dependability. He's a God who, of faithfulness who does not lie. Psalm 16, David writes, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. You know, and we love being in this place. Even reading those words, it feels like I get this like little hunger for that, especially when things are not easy and good. I, I read those words and I, I feel a sense of peace and hope. They're powerful words. And we love being in this place, right? We love to be in a settled place where things are working. But it seems as if these, they seldom last forever. I've rarely met anyone who said, my life has been one long settled, comfortable orientation. It does happen sometimes, but... So what about the past year? Have you experienced any times where you just felt like, oh, this is good. This is a place to rest, to stop. Melody's going to come around after this little message and going to invite people to share their stories. So be thinking about your life. Like, let this be a, self for, a chance for self-reflection. Have you had moments this past year where you felt... This is good, you know. I feel I feel at peace right now. So what about disorientation? Well, let's listen to the voice of disorientation. Psalm 13. How long, Lord, 
will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? So in the Psalms, these are moments of great emotion. It so, it so connects with the places of our own pain. Uh, the Dr. Uh, Brueggemann writes this, it's experienced as a personal end of the world, or it would not generate such passionate poetry. Some of the greatest writings in the world, I'd say, is Shakespeare, and I'd say the Bible. And I'd say the Psalms are topping that for just the imagery, the poetic power of these emotions that people feel. There's no hold bars. I'm glad someone didn't go and sanitize the Bible and say, this is a bit like, you know, it's not nice enough. Let's get these bits out, right? It's raw and it's honest. And so the reasons in the Psalms for this experience are given as several. One is either God seems to have abandoned the writer. Some must feel like that, right? When something goes bad, it's like, I've been abandoned by God. Or the writer is facing genuine this pressure from those around him. There's enemies in the Bible. David was pursued by Saul through the wilderness, and he's hiding in, in fear of his life. And he wrote so many Psalms like this of disorientation when I was promised to be king, and why is this happening to me? What has gone wrong? Or the writer is experiencing the consequences of their, of their own poor choices or wrong, and wrong actions, or just their own human frailty in whatever way it's experienced, with death or the threat of death being the ultimate moment of this experience. Whatever the cause, the writer is in a really painful season. And it's one that is centered really on loss of control. That's really what it's about, isn't it, where we go... I felt I was in control, I knew the rules, and now I don't know what to do, and I can't control this. And every type of human pathology, panic, fight or flight, grief processes and stressed out impulses appear at these points in our lives. And maybe you've experienced them this past year, anxiety, sleeplessness, depression, physical illness, escapism, self-medication, self-pity, Anger at God, anger at yourself, anger at others, blaming all of the above, self-condemnation, blaming God, blaming others, calling for vengeance or the punishment of the perceived enemy, pleading with God, bargaining with God, making oaths and promises. That's the sound and feeling of disorientation. What about this past year? Have you felt that way at times? Did this resonate with you as you live through the challenges of the past year, each one of us so unique in that particular point where it seems sharpest, and it might not have felt that way to me, but it did to you. So what does reorientation sound like? What does reorientation sound like? Psalm 34, I sought the Lord, and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him from out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. And so it's here in this movement. And actually, the point of this is, is it's not something you have manufactured. You didn't just come up with a better plan or more money or what grand scheme, it, it just appears from a heart that is broken and a heart that's calling out to God, and suddenly a light appears, and something has changed, and it's a surprising movement. 
And it's not a return to the settled orientation of where you were before. It's something brand new. You're standing on new ground in relationship to God and yourself and others. And sometimes it can be so much a surprise it takes. You're like, I feel different. And I'm still hurting, but I feel different. Uh, Brueggemann says, the move this season's is transform, transformational, not developmental, okay? So it's not just development, it's transformation. That is, the move is never obvious, easy, or natural. It's always in pain and surprise. What about the past year? Have you had a moment when some kind of epiphany that came from something painful, and in your reflections and in your prayer and in your time, you came to a place where you thought, this is different. Something's moved. Something's changed. I'm different. So what can this teach us for the year behind us and for the year to come? Well, the first thing is I think it's really good to be honest about ourselves without shame or guilt that we always strive to maintain a life of orientation. Most of us do. We fight. We struggle to try and keep things manageable in control, you know, settled, comfortable. Cats always land on their feet when they fall out of a building. Bread with jelly dropped from a plate always lands with the jelly side down. And human beings always try to maintain comfort and peace. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. It comes naturally to us. That's why we put the cutlery in the drawer in the same place and, you know, all this stuff, you know. We have this, it is a drive to make things ordered and predictable and easy. How many of us got gadgets for this Christmas that are designed to make life easier? Yep, good job. A couple of you. Air fryer, anyone? Those are mir miraculous things. But here's the thing. Settled orientation and comfort is not the goal of the human life. Living fully human lives in community with God and others is the full breadth of life. The goal is to be fully human in all that that means. And Jesus really is a model for this because we see his full humanity. We've discussed that through Advent, that in his full humanity, every range of human emotion, of joy, of pain was there. But it was always in relationship with God and those around him. So therefore, we must seek to be fully present in every season and not shy away from the hard things. Why? Because God is fully present in every season of our lives. Because in the Psalms, all of the words that are being spoken are addressed to God. The, the, the author says the range of expressions here in the Psalms never escapes address to Yahweh. And then he says, whatever must be said about the human situation must be said directly to Yahweh, who is the Lord of human experience and partners with us in it. All experiences, even and perhaps mostly the hard experiences. And he says, the remarkable thing about Israel is that it did not banish or deny the darkness for it, from its religious enterprise. It embraces the darkness as the very stuff of new life place to meet God, to be changed. Indeed, Israel seems to know that new life is rooted nowhere else. Therefore, we are called to travel with honesty through the disorientation with God, knowing He is intimately face-to-face, -face, fully present, fully desiring to walk with us, to hear from us. 
And, and, and as we do so, we are receptive and open at any moment to this offer of new life. You know, have you ever found yourself skipping over the parts of the Psalms to get to the good bits? You know, these bits in the Psalms. Like, people in, like in my position do this all the time. We're going to read a Psalm for Sunday. And we're like, oh, this bit sounds good. And then there's a bit that's full of, like, anger and vengeance and wrath. We say, you know, we'll just skip that bit. Because it's, you know, nicer. Um, and I think sometimes we, we live our lives like that, you know? We, we want to accentuate the positive. It's like what Instagram does and Facebook does. I'm really cautious about that. Even over the holidays, I'm like, should I post this? Because it all looks so nice. But this picture doesn't tell you that a minute before that picture was taken, I got kind of annoyed with my, with my son. And I said something that I kind of regret. But everyone's smiling in this picture. This is not true life, right? Sanitizing our lives. Kind of can hurt people when they're, when they're, they're like, wow, Grant, it's a perfect life. Perfect. That's why I try and undercut, undercut that, you know, perception whenever I can, you know. I'm a numpty. So God wants honesty. That's what he wants. Because, uh, you know, these words in the Psalms are not God's words to us. They are, but they're also our words to God. Uh, again, Brueggemann says, for most of us, entry into the Psalms requires a real change of pace. It asks us to depart from the closely managed world of public survival, to move into the open, frightening, healing world of speech with the Holy One. An open, frightening, healing world of speech with the Holy One. It's about honesty, bringing your full expression. God is not upset by our anger by our grief, by our sorrow, and in the very midst of our expression, we meet with Him, and then He is the one who will bring us to a new place through that. So here we are at the end of 2021, which I can barely believe we've been through another year. Doesn't it just feel like, we did 2021? Surely this is 2021 we're about to start. It's like, it feels very strange. But what can we carry in, I think, uh, to, the, to the new year that might help us? I think that this is one thing, this concept. Uh, Melody is going to ask us uh, to share, if anyone's willing to do so, about your experiences of this in this past year, about, you know, what was settled, what was, what was feeling like good, what was disorienting to you, and is there any places where God showed up and you experienced something surprising, something new, as a very actual result of the difficult things that were happening? You know, in the sermon series, when we did it, we went through all these different characters in the Bible, and we talked about their moment of disorientation, and then how God met them, and what developed from that that could not have even happened were it not for the difficult situation that they were in. We talked about the disciples and their panic when Jesus was crucified, and how that led to them having the Holy Spirit within them and becoming the church. We talked about Joseph and his time in prison. We talked about Esther and the incredible lonely journey of salvation for her people that she had to just be courageous and step out. And incredible things happened. We talked about Elijah, this wonderful prophet who got frightened by the words of a queen saying she was going to kill him after achieving incredible things for God. And he ran through the desert for miles until he got to the mountain of God. And God first had him fed and had him sleep and then spoke softly to him and reoriented him to his purpose again. We talked about Jonah, the story of the man, the VeggieTales uh, version we talked about, right? We talked about Moses and his disorienting moments. 
talked about Paul the Apostle, and then we talked about Jesus, who is kind of the disturber of the peace. He came and he brought disorientation to a, a community that was striving to keep the same stuff going, just propping up the religious systems, and it was causing such harm to people. And he came in and he broke it up. And some people responded well and found new orientation from that, and other people shut it down and said, no, you are a disturber of the peace. But he ultimately brought for us the best new orientation, which is to reorient us again in communion and fellowship with God and with ourselves and with other people in a growing movement of love. So we can add our names to this list. You're like Bible characters, folks. You walked with God. You're walking with God. And even if you're not really aware of it, God is walking with you. And if you could get a little glimpse of a movie from God's perspective about what he's doing in your life, it would blow your mind because he is active and he loves you. And he will not cease from trying to get our attention and to say, do not be afraid of these circumstances. I am with you and I will use them to transform you. I've been changed. This is my story. My priorities have been sharpened and changed. My relationships have been simplified. I care a lot less about a lot more. And I care a lot more about a lot, some smaller things that are so important, I discovered. I was in Scotland recently with my family, like I said, and in two short weeks, I saw God. And I learned this. I said, this is so disorienting, God. I don't know what to do with this. My sister is so injured, and my dad has got cancer again. And my wife's mom is not long for this world. And, and, and I, I don't have a heart that can contain this. And I cried out to God. And I saw remarkable things that I couldn't have predicted where suddenly our relationships changed. My, the, my relationship with my father and my mother. And, and it was quite breathtaking and beautiful as a very result of the painful circumstances that we were in. So I'm going to ask uh, Melody to come up, and she's going to ask you, um, and there's no right answers here, so please don't be shy. If just has anything come to mind at all about your past year, what has been hard for you, even if it's simply just what has been most hard for you, or if it's something where you think, Wow, God, you really changed me through this. This is testimony. This is how the people of God say, God is good, and here's some evidence of it. It's the gospel being spoken with our words. And also I have these. We made these up for that sermon series, and it's three different sheets about these different movements, a chance to reflect on the scriptures, and then write your own notes about, like, where are you settled? Where are things settled? What has been disorienting? And where might you have seen God reorient you? Uh, in these ways. So these are the front of the platform. Feel free to pick one up, and they'll also be available online. Thanks, Melody. Uh, on uh, Thursday, this Thursday, December 30th, will be one year since my mom passed away. And uh, quite unexpectedly, and so this year has been a year of firsts for me, my first birthday ever without her, my first everything ever without her. And um, 
you know, we got through it, and here we are. And that was my disorientation um, last year. Well, here I am thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to this new orientation, and here's where I'm going. Well, in exactly one month from today, my dad, who also lives with us, is moving across the country. And so not only do I not have my mom, well, now my dad's leaving, and my brother, who also lives with us, is also going with him. So, so much for reorientation and things settling. But guess what Grant just said? It's not maybe going back to the same. It's going back to something we never maybe imagined, never thought was going to be. But you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to my family life with you guys. I'm looking to having you over to my house for maybe Sunday afternoon lunch or a Friday night movie, or whatever it is, or just come over. <laughs> because that's, that's how I want to see this. And I think that's the door that God is opening. It's a door that was actually not super open while my parents were living with us. My mom was always not feeling good, so it's hard to have people over when, you know, she lives right there. <laughs> it was hard. We did it sometimes, but it was hard. My dad is a really, you know, a lot of you guys know him. He's a people guy, but, but it was also hard this year to, to, you know, not be checking on him constantly and, and entertaining friends or whatever. I'm looking forward to the changes that this is going to bring for him, to the changes that it's going to bring for my family. It's going to be so weird. I'm going to be a hot mess next month, just so you know. So I'm going to be relying on a lot of you guys. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to whatever the next year brings. And I'm looking forward to walking through it with you guys. So as Grant said, if anyone, and I'm looking around the room, and I could say something about every one of you, I'm sure of it. Is there something that has changed in the way you view God through this, through the, something that has happened this year? Is there a change in the way you're living your life? because of something you've experienced? Is there something that you want to encourage us with this morning in the sense of, hey, things, are, things might be weird, things might be different, but we continue to press on? Is there something you would like to share? Now, I will say this. This sermon is being recorded, so please keep that in mind as you share if you need to leave names out of a story or whatnot. Um, and also, I will come to you. I will hold the mic. And don't pull your mask down, okay? If not, I'll pull up my little poncho here. And All right? So be quick about it. Raise your hand. I'm going to come to you. All right, Mondo, I'm going all the way back there. Here I go, here I go, here I go. There's no noisemakers in the room, right? <laughs> Were you here Christmas Eve? Let's not do that ever again. All right, Mondo, here you go. Okay, well, uh, all my life I've gone through a, a little bit of depression where it would come on, in waves and then... I would talk myself out of it. It would go. And, but these last couple of years, it's not going away. You know, and I, instead of leaning on myself, I've started to share it and lean on others like you, you all here. I mean, you guys have helped me a lot. And um, <clears throat> I just have, you know, started leaning on God too more. It's, um, and I just encourage everybody that's going through this to share it 
and don't internalize it because there's been a lot of people, um, well, committing suicide. And, you know, that, that doesn't need to happen. Just share it and, you know, it'll get better. It may not get totally rid of it, but it'll get better. So let's do that. Thank you, Mondo. Thank you. Thank you for sharing.
think anyone in this room besides the people that knew would have known because Ken was showing up every Sunday working when we didn't want him to be working doing things when he probably could have been at home so we continue to pray for him working together as a whole as a team yeah that's right that's right keep going a little bit okay I'm blessed because I do have a wheelchair and I use it in the school and I went to Jefferson Memorial. I was very much much in my life except for Sarah I dropped that beautiful teaching instrument. I experienced a lot of stuff in my life that just caused me to take it. But the Lord pushed me away from it. I knew right then and there that he really loved me. Taught me how to hug. He didn't do hugs. This is Nancy the hugger, if you didn't know that. <laughs> and when I hug somebody, I tell them, I'm going to give you a Jesus hug because he loves you. He gives me hugs all of the time. And he's been fun all day, way through his life. But you know what? He brought me closer and closer to him. And when he walks with me and talks with me and calls me on the phone, I know that I can pick up a phone and talk to someone who will encourage me, make me feel good. And a lot of the things that I've been through, thank God, I've been able to help other people who have gone through the same. That's why I say I'm privileged to be a member of the, of the, of, of, of the community of God, to be a member of the church. Lord, and Pastor, I want you to do the, the blarney that went on when he broke his arm. In the back, you know, and his wife, who is so very talented, he speaks from his heart, and he speaks from the heart of Jesus, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you. All right. Email group with some other moms, and um, the message has been really good. Um, but in the morning, um, it's been hard for me to just get out of bed, and I sit all the way down, and I've been able to reach out to that group and say, "Hey, I'm struggling. Will you pray for me?" And people just pray um, through the email or through the texting. Um, we don't always, haven't had time to get together and with COVID and everything and we're all busy moms, but um, it is wonderful to have um, that community and be able to reach out and know that they know they're moms too and uh, they have kids and trying to be good moms and haven't been very good so thank you Karen Gerald. Hello. 
So I work for <coughs> I work for a uh, national hospital. I won't give the name of it, but it's national. And in the last three and a half years, working on the front line with COVID, I've seen death. And the breaking of families, whether they were walking with Christ or not. To see that many people literally just in ruin because of not just somebody that was older, but younger. And to be there every day and couldn't walk away from it because one half is your income that you have to provide. The other half is that you're fighting for something bigger than yourself. And without this church, I just don't know if I would have been able to do it. And it's a struggle. So I just want to thank you for this church. Thank you, Pastor Brent, for being able to establish a relationship with me. I really appreciate it. And I just want to thank you all. Hello, my name is Grace, and um, there's times where, as a mom, you figure out how to take care of your kids, other people, whatever, but sometimes it's hard to know how to take care of you. And lately, um, well, I, I was talking about a year ago or so, when we came to this church, I was still lost. I didn't have a place. I'm not married. I'm single. It's like there was a lot of things where you would have to be if you're married, you couldn't go to this church. If you're single, there's nothing really for a single mom. Or somebody where you can feel homely, grab a pillow, cry on somebody. Because you're new to everybody. You don't know who you can trust. You only can trust yourself. And as a mom, we always have to figure things out for our kids, figure everything. I was able to be a caregiver and go to school through the COVID, which is something I like taking care of people. But what I can say is coming to this church is I feel that I don't know a lot of people, but at least I know that when I come to church, I charge my battery for the week. I'm good, and I know God is with me because I come with a lot of baggage, but I'm okay because I know God's with me. And there's a lot of instances where I feel alone. Uh, my sister passed away. Her daughter just passed away. My mom passed away. I have nobody, but I have my kids. And even then, as they grow, they come to see how happy I am when I come to church. But I still have to remember I still have to take care of me. And that's the hardest part. But at the time, when I come here to church, God's here. The people are here. I look at people and I say, wow, look how beautiful. I'm going to charge my battery, get ready for the week, and take care of other people. So I'm blessed to have to know that there's Melody, the pastor, everybody. It doesn't have to be just men only. Women can do things too. And I'm blessed and I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, that's right, women can do things. <laughs> Lots of things. Uh, I think that, um, you know, Grace, we're saving this announcement or this, you know, just reminder for next week, but... Um, there are so many ways to plug in. We have a group that's called Moms Off Duty. That's for all moms, divorced, single, non-married, whatever it is. We have uh, just so many ways that people can be involved. And like you said, even if it's just, I know sometimes your schedule doesn't allow you to join some of those groups, but um, 
you know, even just showing up consistently on Sunday, as you've done. I don't know if you know this. Grace said that she, you know, she is, she works as a caregiver. Well, she specifically asked for her days off to be Sundays so that she can come. And so I know that you come consistently on Sundays. And like you said, it's, it's what you can do. So, you know, not everyone can be in all groups, but what, whatever you can participate in, I would encourage you. It's, it is self-care. It is showing up to what you can participate in and what you can do. So, last call? Last one? One more? If it's burning in your heart, raise your hand up. Is it? Okay. Gina. Hello. My name is Gina. And um, I, during the COVID, my husband and I were in, uh, got in a group. And I just wanted to share on getting involved in a group, because you mentioned moms, um, mom to mom and stuff. But getting into a, uh, a small group here in the community, I've got to know our people, and they're just wonderful people. And um, it's just nice to know that, you know, you've got community, we're doing things together. Um, you know, going to concerts or something like that, but we, we get in the word and, and we pray for each other and it's just really nice. I mean, through this whole COVID situation, that's how I felt. The Lord was a blessing, Daryl and I, you know, just to get involved with people in here in the church. So I would encourage you to get into a small group as well. Thank you, Gina. And not just, uh, as Gina said, the small group too, but if I have one plug to give you this morning, it would be serve. Serve somewhere. Serve in whatever is needed, perhaps in church. Maybe it's just picking up the cafe stuff on Sundays. Maybe it's the kids. You know, the kids' ministries loves, loves, loves volunteers. The pantry. I can't tell you the pantry. I'm going to tell you this at the end of service. You're about to get handed a bunch of eggs to go home with. But there's so many ways to serve. Whatever your schedule is, you can plug in somewhere. And, but I think what the main um, theme is with all the things that were shared today is community. And guess what? When we headed into this year, when we headed into 2021, Josh, Grant, and I, and staff and everyone, we had, we had specifically a meeting, but specifically Grant, Josh, and I sat at a house in Glendora, and we had a meeting, and we said, what, what is this church? What do we want to be known for? What do we want to stand for? What do we want people to know about us? And that is that we are involved. We are involved, that we know your stories, that we know your stories, that you know each other's stories, and that something can happen, and we say, hey, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get involved in that. Hey, you know what, I can't get involved in that, but I know someone who can. Or hey, you know what, our community needs this. Let's step in this gap here, and let's do that here. So I think 2021 has definitely proved that to be so, so true. So thank you, everyone, for sharing your your vulnerable heart and your encouraging thoughts this morning and I encourage you as you as we end this year to reflect today take this piece of paper maybe do it on your own 
just take it and, and think about it. Sometimes, like Grant says, we don't remember what we did last week. Take a moment, take a pause to reflect on what this last year has been to you and what you are looking forward to to come next. Thank you.